Chapter thirty eight of The Legacy of Cain. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Warren Cotty, Gurney, Illinois. The Legacy of Cain by Wilkie Collins. Chapter thirty eight The Girl's Ages. Had the minister's desire to see me, been inspired by his daughter's betrayal of what i had unfortunately said to her although he would certainly not consent to receive her personally she would be at liberty to adopt a written method of communication with him and the letter might be addressed in such a manner as to piquet his curiosity if helena's vindictive purpose had been already accomplished and if mr gracedew left me no alternative but to present his unworthy wife in her true character i can honestly say that i dreaded the consequences not as they might affect myself but as they might affect my unhappy friend in his enfeebled state of body and mind when i entered his room he was still in bed the bed curtains were so drawn on the side nearest to the window as to keep the light from falling too brightly on his weak eyes in the shadow thus thrown on him it was not possible to see his face plainly enough from the open side of the bed to arrive at any definite conclusion as to what might be passing in his mind after having been awake for some hours during the earlier part of the night he had enjoyed a long and undisturbed sleep i feel stronger this morning he said and i wish to speak to you while my mind is clear if the quiet tone of his voice was not an assumed tone he was surely ignorant of all that had passed between his daughter and myself eunice will be here soon he proceeded and i ought to explain why i have sent for her to come and meet you i have reasons serious reasons mind for wishing you to compare her personal appearance with helena's personal appearance and then to tell me which of the two on a fair comparison looks the eldest pray bear in mind that i attach the greatest importance to the conclusion at which you may arrive he spoke more clearly and collectedly than i had heard him speak yet here and there i detected hesitations and repetitions which i have purposely passed over the substance of what he said to me is all that i shall present in this place careful as i have been to keep my record of events within strict limits i have written at a length which i was far indeed from contemplating when i accepted mr gracedew's invitation having promised to comply with the strange request which he had addressed to me i ventured to remind him of past occasions on which he had pointedly abstained when the subject presented itself from speaking of the girl's ages you have left it to my discretion i added to decide a question in which you are seriously interested relating to your daughters have i no excuse for regretting that i have not been admitted to your confidence a little more freely you have every excuse he answered but you trouble me all the same there was something else that i had to say to you and your curiosity gets in the way he said this with a sullen emphasis in my position the worst of evils was suspense i told him that my curiosity could wait and i begged that he would relieve his mind of what was pressing on it at the moment let me think a little he said 
i waited anxiously for the decision at which he might arrive nothing came of it to justify my misgivings leave what i have in my mind to ripen in my mind he said the mystery about the girl's ages seems to irritate you if i put my good friend's temper to any further trial he will be of no use to me never mind if my head swims i'm used to that now listen strange as the preface was the explanation that followed was stranger yet i offer a shortened and simplified version giving accurately the substance of what i heard the minister entered without reserve on the mysterious subject of the ages eunice he informed me was nearly two years older than helena if she outwardly showed her superiority of age any person acquainted with the circumstances under which the adopted infant had been received into mr gracedew's childless household need only compare the so-called sisters in afterlife and would thereupon identify the eldest-looking young lady of the two as the offspring of the woman who had been hanged for murder with such a misfortune as this presenting itself as a possible prospect the minister was bound to prevent the girls from ignorantly betraying each other by allusions to their ages and their birthdays after much thought he had devised a desperate means of meeting the difficulty already made known as i am told for the information of strangers who may read the pages that have gone before mine my friend's plan of proceeding had by the nature of it exposed him to injurious comment to embarrassing questions and to doubts and misconceptions all patiently endured in consideration of the security that had been attained proud of his explanation mr gracedew's vanity called upon me to acknowledge that my curiosity had been satisfied and my doubts completely set at rest no my obstinate common sense was not reduced to submission even yet looking back over a lapse of seventeen years i asked what had happened in that long interval to justify the anxieties which still appeared to trouble my friend this time my harmless curiosity could be gratified by a reply expressed in three words nothing had happened then what in heaven's name was the minister afraid of his voice dropped to a whisper he said i am afraid of the women who were the women two of them actually proved to be the servants employed in mr gracedew's house at the bygone time when he had brought the child home with him from the prison to point out the absurdity of the reasons that he gave for fearing what female curiosity might yet attempt if circumstances happened to encourage it would have been a mere waste of words dismissing the subject i next ascertained that the minister's doubts extended even to two female warders who had been appointed to watch the murderess in turn during her last days in prison i easily relieved his mind in this case one of the warders was dead the other had married a farmer in australia had we exhausted the list of suspected persons yet no there was one more left and the minister declared that he had first met with her in my official residence at the time when i was governor of the prison she presented herself to me by name he said and she spoke rudely a eh, miss he paused to consult his memory and this time thanks perhaps to his night's rest his memory answered the appeal i've got it he cried miss chance 
my friend had interested me in his imaginary perils at last it was just possible that he might have a formidable person to deal with now during my residence at florence the chaplain and i had taken many a retrospective look as old men will at past events in our lives my former colleague spoke of the time when he had performed clerical duty for his friend the rector of a parish church in london neither he nor i had heard again of the mischance of our disagreeable prison experience whom he had married to the dashing dutch gentleman mr ten bruggen we could only wonder what had become of that mysterious married pair mr Greystew being undoubtedly ignorant of the woman's marriage it was not easy to say what the consequence might be in his excitable state if i informed him of it he would in all probability conclude that i knew more of the woman than he did i decided on keeping my own counsel for the present at least passing at once therefore to the one consideration of any importance i endeavored to find out whether mr gracedew and mrs tenbruggen had met or had communicated with each other in any way during the long period of separation that had taken place between the minister and myself if he had been so unlucky as to offend her she was beyond all doubt an enemy to be dreaded apart however from a misfortune of this kind she would rank in my opinion with the other harmless objects of mr gracedew's distrust in making my inquiries i found that i had an obstacle to contend with while he felt the renovating influence of the repose that he enjoyed the minister had been able to think and to express himself with less difficulty than usual but the reserves of strength on which the useful exercise of his memory depended began to fail him as the interview proceeded he distinctly recollected that something unpleasant had passed between that audacious woman and himself but at what date and whether by word of mouth or by correspondence was more than his memory could now recall he believed he was not mistaken in telling me that he had been in two minds about her at one time he was satisfied that he had taken wise measures for his own security if she attempted to annoy him but there was another and a later time when doubts and fears had laid hold of him again if i wanted to know how this had happened he fancied it was through a dream and if i asked what the dream was he could only beg and pray that i would spare his poor head unwilling even yet to submit unconditionally to defeat it occurred to me to try a last experiment on my friend without calling for any mental effort on his part the mischance of former days might by a bare possibility have written to him i asked accordingly if he was in the habit of keeping his letters and if he would allow me when he had rested a little to lay them open before him so that he could look at the signatures you might find the lost recollection in that way i suggested at the bottom of one of your letters he was in that state of weariness poor fellow in which a man will do anything for the sake of peace pointing to a cabinet in his room he gave me a key taken from a little basket on his bed look for yourself he said after some hesitation for i naturally recoiled from examining another man's correspondence i decided on opening the cabinet at any rate the letters a large collection were to my relief all neatly folded and endorsed with the names of the writers 
i could run harmlessly through bundle after bundle in search of the one name that i wanted and still respect the privacy of the letters my perseverance deserved a reward and failed to get it the name i wanted steadily eluded my search arriving at the upper shelf of the cabinet i found it so high that i could barely reach it with my hand instead of getting more letters to look over i pulled down two newspapers one of them was an old copy of the times dating back as far as the thirteenth december eighteen fifty eight it was carefully folded longwise with a title page uppermost on the first column at the left-hand side of the sheet appeared the customary announcements of births a mark with a blue pencil against one of the advertisements attracted my attention i read these lines on the tenth the wife of the reverend abel Gracedew of a daughter the second newspaper bore a later date and contained nothing that interested me i naturally assumed that the advertisement in the times had been inserted at the desire of mrs Gracedew, and after all that i had heard there was little difficulty in attributing the curious omission of the place in which the child had been born to the caution of her husband if mrs tenbruggen then miss chance had happened to see the advertisement in the great london newspaper mr gracedew might yet have good reason to congratulate himself on his prudent method of providing against mischievous curiosity i turned toward the bed and looked at him his eyes were closed was he sleeping or was he trying to remember what he had desired to say to me when the demands which i made on his memory had obliged him to wait for a later opportunity either way there was something that quickened my sympathies in the spectacle of his helpless repose it suggested to me personal reasons for his anxieties which he had not mentioned and which i had not thought of up to this time if the discovery that he dreaded took place his household would be broken up and his position as pastor would suffer in the estimation of the flock his own daughter would refuse to live under the same roof with the daughter of an infamous woman popular opinion among his congregation judging a man who had passed off the child of other parents as his own would find that man guilty of an act of deliberate deceit still oppressed by reflections which pointed to the future in this discouraging way i was startled by a voice outside the door a sweet sad voice saying may i come in the minister's eyes opened instantly he raised himself in his bed eunice at last he cried let her in end of chapter thirty eight recording by warren cotty gurney illinois